Hey everybody, on this episode of Sap and Chats Wrestling, we are going to take a look at Raw that just happened. And you know what? I think we have to take a look at SmackDown as well. Heel changes galore, man. Things are happening. War Games, Survivor Series, all, all coming really fast. So guys, strap in, tune in, and thank you for letting us in your ears. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Samp and Chance. I'm your host, Mr. Sampson, joined as always by my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, how are you, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Yourself? Can't complain, man. ACDC, Atlanta Braves in full effect. Uh, yep. Are you happy with the outcome of the World Series? Well, my team thought I liked it in a win, but I'm glad Bruce Bochy got it. He was, my team is out, so good for them. Yeah, I'm happy with it. I'm glad Texas won. Fair enough, fair enough. Probably yep. not the matchup that the MLB wanted, but hey, what are you going to do? It's not the one they want to know. They don't want Arizona in there. Texas is a big market, but not Arizona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, brother Matt, well, we got the formalities out of the way. The weather is starting to get crisp, and that means that we're getting close to Survivor Series. Survivor Series, a week from this Saturday, man. Mm -hmm. Can you believe it? It's, it's like, yeah. Um, first thing I want to ask you though, they're they've involved war games into this, so you're probably going to get the men's and the women's war games in the Survivor Series. Do you think it should be there? Do you think it could carry its own as its own pay per view? Which it is adding, adding little sizzle of the steak, not to WCW. That's all it is. Add something different. They've done a few, have they done this a few times before? Haven't they done a war games here before at Survivor Series? Haven't they? Or they've done uh, no. separate? No, 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 they've never had a war games here. They've they've never had they've a, done a war games before, not here. W oh yeah, they've done it many times on NXT. They've done war games and stuff. No, no, no. Oh, I thought you were asking me if they've done it here in, in our town. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. I mean, WWE. yeah, yeah. No, they, yeah, they brought yeah. it back, so, but they yeah. kind of predominantly kept it as an NXT pay per view, like it's a standalone mm -hmm. kind of show on its own, right? It's kind of like, I mean, you could have elimination, you could have the elimination chamber on a different show, but it just feels like when these structures are involved, they they're better off just having their own show and built around it. That's well, I think it's something different. It adds to it. Why not? Fair enough. Are you okay with the format of the uh, Survivor Series then? Uh, or yeah. would you rather have seen brand versus brand? Nah, nobody cares. Nobody cares about brand versus brand. It's fine. Put the put good guys and good girls on teams and have a good match. I don't think it matters brand versus brand anymore. It's kind of faded out. Mm -hmm. no, I right, see so it. Speaking of brands, man, why don't we just get right into it? Uh, yeah. I don't think we need to go through all of SmackDown, but there are a couple of significant things that happened on that show. Which I guess we kind of foresaw happening. One kind of suddenly, the other one you can see the story building up here. So the first one, let's talk about Santos Escobar turning on Ray. That just happened out of the blue. Like I knew that was going to happen eventually. I had a feeling yeah. was what the lead up was going to be. I think first off, Santos is much better as a heel than he is a face. He looks just awkward. Yeah, he looks like Randy, he looks like Randy Orton as a face. You know what I mean? Like just. Orton is just a better heel than he would ever be a face. And I think the only reason Orton worked as a face is because Riddle carried most of it during that time. But uh, yeah, bad Randy is a good Randy. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> bad Santos is a better Santos. Um, so far, yeah. But Seems to be perfect. honest, they just came out of, like it didn't come out of the blue, right? But I mean, for most people who aren't, you know, fully inept or aware of, of how it's playing out, that was a quick turn. Thoughts? 
Yeah, it was fast. They got to do something, right? Are you going to see Logan versus Santos next, right? I think Ray's, Ray's older now, right? Let the young guys go. So I, I was, we weren't shocked that it was happening, what the average guy was, but let's see what happens. I mean, he looks good. He's a natural heel, like you said. He's not really a face. So hopefully he's getting a chance, an opportunity to run with. Let's see what he can do now. Yeah, Grab yeah. that brass ring, as Sarzara wasn't able to do. Well, it should be interesting yeah. to see what happens here because, I mean, first off, you said with him and Logan Paul, so it'd be kind of heel versus heel type of thing there, right? I mean, uh, I guess so, yeah. But I think before that happens, I think he needs to go through Carlito, who dropped the bomb. And you know what? That's something I didn't pay attention to or notice in the pay per view. I don't know if you did. I didn't realize that? that Santos had put the brass knuckles on the mat because they were on the ground before. So, how did they get on the mat, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put them there, yeah. Right, but I didn't. It didn't click. I didn't. It didn't click on me at that point. Um, I think he's gonna have the thing with Carlito first, though. Maybe, could be. I mean, where Carlito just comes out of nowhere. He was nowhere near the pay per view. Nothing like that. And just to kind of come out on the Friday and drop that bomb, it's just kind of like, all right, they're moving this one really, really fast. So it makes yeah. you wonder what they got planned for Survivor Series with those guys, right? Um, but now disagree if you will in my opinion what we're about to talk about next is probably the best storyline going on in smackdown now in my opinion and it's the women we got damage control coming out uh you know bailey comes out to explain herself and i'll say this about bailey she is playing this perfectly like just that uncomfortableness that uneasiness that whole thing you know her facial expressions go back and watch it guys and gals it was really fun to watch um she comes out to question what you know Kari Sane was doing there. And mm -hmm. uh she's out there by herself. But interestingly, interestingly enough, the three of them, Dakota Kai, Eo Sky, and Kari Zane all come out together. They all get in the ring. Bailey asks, basically, you know, why is she here? Don't you remember what happened to her last time she was here? And sure enough, it was yeah. Bailey took her out in 2020. Yes, Kari was leaving the company. She retired basically. In the last year, she's kind of come back to to the ring, more so with New Japan and, and Shimmer. Um, but yeah, no, she made her return. And she basically told her, told Bailey, Kari Sane did in a, in a cryptic way that you are the leader of damage control and I forgive you. Now, the one thing I picked out on that, like when she kicked her, beat her to the curb, she was wearing red pants. And she was wearing, yeah. I don't know if they were the same red pants, but she was also wearing red pants that day, the day that they were all in the ring together. So this prompts Bianca to come out with Charlotte and Asuka. You have a six-woman tag match. Bianca goes in for the hot tag. Missed. Kabuki Warriors return. I kind of jumped up and down. I love the Kabuki Warriors in Japan. That was a group that consisted of Asuka, Io, and Kari Sane. So that's really interesting to see the three of them get back together again. Uh, so that faction is doing probably a lot more work than Bloodline or any other faction right now. Too, too many factions right now, whatever it is, way too many. It's it's becoming watered down. There's LWO, there's Bloodline, there's Judgment Day, there's Kabuki Warriors, there's Damage Control. Am I missing anything else? Well, you're not missing anything. I'm just saying there's they're not five. Kabuki. But what about they're the not... what about the Street Profits crew with Bobby Lashley? They, they don't have this, a name. There's no name. So we got five factions. This is too much. Alpha Academy. Alpha is that a faction though? Well, there's one, two, three, four of them. Yeah, so the six of them, it's too right. much. It comes watered down, and it's like some of these guys have to stand on their own or women or just do a tag team, but you have five, six people in every crew. It's too much, I think. It becomes well, Switch it up a little bit. We don't need to, Everybody doesn't need to have a faction. One yeah. or two is okay, but it's too much. What was the other one? The um, the, AJ crew, the AJ crew. 
with Gallows and Carl. I don't know what they're called? Me Bullet Club? The, the, the new club. I don't know. That's anyways. Long story short, they're not the Kabuki Warriors. I'm just making reference. To no, I know, I know. They were back in the day, but I just love this faction. I believe this is your women's war game match here, right here. I mean, yeah. you probably get the the three plus Bailey will make up the fourth because Dakota can't go, and that kind of leaves you know Charlotte, uh, Charlotte, um, Belair. Probably Shotzi. And from yeah. what I'm hearing, it's going to be Becky Lynch coming in to kind of pump it up a little bit. So that's she probably going to be... add some juice to it if she showed up, for sure. Yeah, so that's going to be your women's war game, which is kind of interesting considering the heat that Charlotte and uh, Becky have in real life. I don't know if they've curbed that or, you know, enough times passed where they can look past it, but that's kind of an interesting dynamic that's going to play out here. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. In fact, I made a reel of it. I'm going to probably release it later on tonight. Um, just highlighting that. I just think right now on SmackDown, um, that's probably the best storyline going. Totally disagree. The best storyline going, and I think is, I'm not that I'm a huge fan of the guy, is LA Knight. There's the old man who's actually older than Reigns, three, four years older than Roman Reigns. He been an indie guy, he finally gets his chance. He's Max Dupree. He's finally caught a gimmick at 40, 41 years old that people actually like. He's an underdog. That's why he's hot. He's like a Daniel Bryan. Well, he's bigger than Daniel Bryan, but he's an underdog guy at 40, finally breaking through. Rome Reigns had a great line on SmackDown calling him a redneck version of his cousin, which he pretty much is. He, I don't want to call him a ripoff of The Rock, but he's definitely influenced a little Rock, a little Stone Cold. And he's the old man that just made it now. It's not like he's had a big, long career. He, we just heard of people really put him on the map like, what, six months ago? Nobody knew who this guy was. Max Dupree was nothing. So I think that's the storyline because he's the most popular guy on SmackDown because he's such an underdog, the unlikely old man, finally breaking through at 40, which most guys break through 25, even 35 at 40. DDP, we called him an old. He broke through, what, 36? He came in? This guy's yeah. 40. 40. Yeah. And and he didn't beat Reigns, but, you know, he's holding his own. And, you know, he's a redneck rock. I mean, <laughs> I thought that was a great line. So I think that, not saying that other storyline you're talking about isn't good, but I feel that one's the best just because he's like a new Dino Brian. The crowd is chanting it, the yeah, yeah stuff, which I think is cheesy personally, but he's hot and I can't deny it. So I think that's the best storyline. LA Knight finally getting a chance to grab the brass ring. Willie will find out, but I think that's the best one. Okay. Him chasing the belt. Nine shows ten. you no matter how old you are. You can, if you work at your dreams, you can do something. Here's a guy who's 40. People older than most of the roster, but he's getting his chance. He just broke through now and got hot. So that's a big, it's a big statement. Well, no, I, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think it's a great storyline. I think the reason I picked this one over that one for right now is because that one already kind of came to the climax where he had his shot at the title. Now the question remains is what he is he going to do going forward to maintain and try to keep building off of that. Kind of like, you know, once you hit that title shot and don't succeed, where do you go from there? Especially with a yep. guy like him, right? Which is why I feel that that other storyline right now, that other storyline right now has more fire and sizzle than the one you're mentioning with LA Knight. Not disagreeing with you, with mm. that not, but I just, for myself personally, I just need to see what the next part's going to look like. Um, fighting Jay Uso, or, or no, sorry, Jimmy now. Let's see what comes of that. Are they going to build off of that? Like, where does he go from here? Sort of a deal. So I'm, that's what I'm curious about. But yeah, yeah we'll see. you know, probably the two best storylines going on right now. 
Uh, Monday Night Raw, we're building up to War Games over here as well. Uh, so the show, we'll just get right into it. Let's talk about it. They're in Washington, D.C. this week, and Cody comes out to start off the show, talks about the main event that's happening tonight between him and the Judgment Day and uh, Jay Uso for the tag team titles. Um, you know, then it goes into war games, starts talking about war games and, you know, what that means. Yep. And, you know, each guy comes out, Jay comes out, Sammy comes out, and then Seth comes out. And um, that kind of basically, you know, they, they kind of have a little chitter chatter going back and forth over there. That brings up the Judgment Day. Judgment Day comes out and they start running each guy down individually. Um, for example, uh, they, they talk about, you know, how Sammy is, is you know, the guy who's always there but can't get the job done. They yeah. talk about, they talk about um, Cody can beat anybody inside the ring and outside of the ring, but still has no title to show for it. Um, then they go on to Jey Uso, the guy who's basically, you know, screwed every single guy in that ring at some point in the last year. Last, not even, even in this calendar year, he screwed yeah. these guys all over at some point. And then they talk about Seth, like, you know, just like, you know, what are you doing sort of a deal. So they just kind of go back and forth. Um, you know, Sammy comes on the mic saying, I, I see what you guys are trying to do, trying to turn us all against each other. That brings in Seth, who says, enough is enough. Let's have a fight. You're dressed. I'm dressed, referring to Sammy. Those two guys are dressed. So let's get it on. So yeah. that goes right into the first match of the night, which would be Seth Rollins. And um, hold on. Let me just get my notes up here. So, yeah. So basically, you get Seth Rollins versus Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn versus JD McDonough and Dominic Mysterio. Um, pretty standard tag team match. I like what Dominic is doing. He's getting better and better every week, man. I I'd say what you may about him. Uh, he, when I look at him and JD McDonough, like I, I just find it hard to take wrestling serious sometimes. Like I'm not talking about their size. Just like these guys, just to me, look like NXT guys. Uh, one thing I've noticed with whoever's in charge of creative right now. Raw is turning to NXT style. If you if you watch NXT and you watch Raw, you're seeing the the, the Johnny Gargano, the Ch Tyson, or the the Compas, and all these guys come out here to me are NXT or AEW guys or NXT guys. That's how I see my watch. Like Dirty Dom's got a good character, but the guy, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't look like a wrestler. I'm not saying it's a prototypical look of a wrestler, but I find it hard to take some of the stuff and the tough guy act from him seriously. When he's not a tough guy, you know what I mean. So like, I don't know what they're doing with. That. I get it. They gave him the shot to keep their dad, his dad there, but it's like, I don't know, man. JD McDonough and Dom as a tag team is hard for me to take it. Makes it legit. Well, they're going to be in war games as well. So I mean, you know, yeah. I, it's just the evolution of the product, bro. I mean, I can't, I can't stress. It I mean, is, but I the see. ratings are going down. That's the thing, though. People are, don't like it. I mean, people do like it, but they've lost three million. Like we say, say little, they've lost three million people over the last. 15, 20 years because it's hard to take it serious. Some I of the think stuff a lot gets of that, up, right? You know, we've talked about this before as well, but I think a lot of that loss in viewership is to do to the fact it's a PG rating as well, right? I mean, a lot of the people that walked away were people that were from our generation. But even even the even the 20, 25 year olds, I don't know anybody that age but that likes wrestling. No, it's either the young kids or guys are that they're losing that middle because it's not cool anymore, right? That's the thing. Know, they need when you look at JD McDonough and Dominic, you don't think cool. You think Rock, Austin, Hull. those guys are cool. They act. That was really a different era, though. Cool. But I'm saying, going to the high school and I'm in there every couple of days, there's not one kid wearing a wrestling shirt anymore. I know. It's not cool. It's all UFC now. 
Hey, I get this it. Is the problem. So what I'm my point to this is there's no. I know wrestling is a work, but there's no sense of realism. And like when you've seen Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart go out, you can feel the realism, you can feel the tension. When you look at JD McDonough and Dom, you don't feel the realism, and that's why people tune in and out. What are you gonna do? I to say it. I still like wrestling, but that's reality that I that I've noticed. So, fair play, fair play. Yeah. All right. So with War Games coming up, this match ended in a DQ. I don't, you know, I think that's probably the best way to go, considering yeah. the big one coming up. You didn't want either side to kind of break away from it. Uh, from there, we get a beatdown again, right? Another beatdown. Everyone comes out. Everyone's beating on everybody. This brings out uh, Adam Pierce again, who basically says that tonight's tag team match will just be the four guys involved. Anyone comes out, interferes, or even makes an appearance, you know, it's it's over sort of a deal. Mm. Um, so basically everyone's banned from the building. And uh, here comes Rhea Ripley to complain about it all. And, you know, oh, interesting point. They finally got um, Damian Priest to admit that he was the leader of the Judgment Day. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. So that was kind of funny as well. Um, all right, so... Cody, a lot of backstage segments in this episode. Uh, so Cody is backstage. He's with Cody. And Cody says to him, basically, look, you know what? I just need you to be on the same page with me for one night. That's next Saturday. They agree to kind of bury the hatchet for the next little while and uh, go from there. This leads, when we get back to the ring, we have Otis versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Alpha Academy's out there, you know, not a squash match. It took three Kinshasa's to beat the guy, so they're still keeping him strong, but Shinsuke wins the match. Yeah. Um, you know, but ultimately Nakamura is looking like he's in for a big showdown for whoever he's talking about. He did a promo. He said, you know, I'm coming for you, blah, 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 but he never really gave a name. So now there's question of who he's talking about and who he's going to have a feud with. But yeah. I think the fact that it he didn't beat Otis very easily, it took a little bit of work on his part. So kept Otis strong, which is what I like. Well, Otis is a big guy. You can't beat him easily, right? He's got to, you got to knock him a few times. Yeah. So backstage, Seth is leaving the building, I guess. He runs into Drew McIntyre. They shake hands after the loss. Drew says, uh, Drew says, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to have to start working hard again and, you know, work my way back up to the top and I'll see you again. <laughs> and there you go. Um, we find out later on something a little different. Piper Niven versus Tegan Knox. Um, I don't know. You know, it seems like the WWE is wanting to push Knox for a long time, and now maybe they're trying to do it. If she can stay healthy, I think she has a chance. But you know what? Today, what I saw today was very interesting, and I've noticed ever since that moment. And we're talking about War Games again. This is when it was in NXT, and this was the team of Candice LeRae, Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox. And Dakota Kai. Yep. That was the team going up against Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler. I'm just doing this off the top of my head, bro. Shayna yep. Baszler, uh, Bianca Belair. These, these were the heels, right? And uh, Eo Sky. And I can't remember who number four was. But regardless, oh, sure. uh, what, what happened here was is Tegan's name came up, but Dakota attacked her in the cage and busted up her leg really, really bad. Like, it was a legit way to get her off TV. And she's been trying to grasp that back since she's ever come back. So, you know what? Based on that, I hope they can figure her out, man. Yeah, they're trying. Well, that's the one thing that I like. You get all the, um, 
you get all the old pay-per-views leading up to the new version of it. So mm -hmm. all day today, that was what was on the WWE. Oh, was it? It's all just war games, like different, you know, like right now, before I came up here to start this, uh, 2021 war game started. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's good to get you pumped up for the, the yeah, new one. Yeah, you pumped up, get you going there and that. Um, again, more backstage gimmicks coming here. We have Miz doing an interview that brings out um, Ivar, and that also brings out uh, the big man. Um, what's his name again? Help me out. Bronson Reed. And they all go back and forth again. So, you know, three three or four storylines that are all connected to the one title. Um, that leads us to a match between Tommaso Ciampa and Ludwig Kaiser. Um, good match back and forth. Yeah. All yeah, four guys are out there. Um, unfortunately, Giovanni gets sent to the back. And you think, okay, fair enough. Here we go. But Giovanni sneaks back. Helps out Ludwig, gets him the win, and Kaiser wins. That's 0-2 for DUI since they've re reunited. Um, yeah. This leads me to believe we're probably going to see Chamasa Champa turn on Johnny Gargano at some point, like he did last time when things got frustrating. Chamaso is one of those other guys who's better as a heel than a face. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I'm with Vinny Mack on this. Gargano... And Champa should be on NXT or AEW. Personally, I hate to say that they wrestle good, but it's just like you can't have everybody on this on the main show. That's my take. Fair enough. All right, next match: Zia Lee up against Indy Hartwell, who is coming in to fight for the honor of her friend Candice LeRae, who got a head kick and concussion from Zia Lee. Zia Lee, sorry. Yeah. Uh, straightforward match. Indy just took the worst of it. Here's another girl in Zia Lee. That's just been grinding and grinding and grinding. And finally, she's getting her opportunity. Yeah. Uh, I hope, you know, and they're putting her with the man. So let's see what kind of rub she can get off of that. Yeah. No, but you know what? Zai has been in, in with the company for a while, right? And I mean, down at NXT for a long time. And I'm glad that they're finally giving her a shot. I mean, this girl is pretty tough, man. And she does. Yeah, she's earned it. See what she can do. Martial arts background with her. So, yep. you know, she's patiently playing the game, patiently waiting her role. And, you know, sometimes if that's what they're looking for, to give you a shot to see how long you're willing to wait, well, then this girl's definitely won her right to uh, compete. Yep. Uh, straight up match, but a different type of head kick this time to kind of show her repertoires of different moves and stuff. This brings out Becky Lynch. Uh, you know, now you've got my attention. Now we're going to do things on my time, Becky says. And basically sets up a match for next week, not Survivor Series. So that leaves the door open for Becky showing up and being a part of that. I thought they were going to announce the match for Survivor Series, right? So, yeah. Because I mean, outside of that, who else would on the SmackDown roster would you put with the other three, right? I mean, it has to be Becky if you want yeah, to put a star out there, right? So, and Becky's earned it, man. Good for her. Let's hope for oh, yeah. that spot. All right, uh, Gunther comes up to the Miz backstage and says it's time for the beating. Miz tells Gunther to watch his match tonight and see what he can do at Survivor Series. Gunther is learning the difference between being difference between being the longest reigning champion and the greatest champion of all time, which the Miz believes he is because he's held the title eight times. Yeah. Um, you know, so here we go. Um, Zoe Stark winning the Battle Royal is shown. Shayna Baszler praises Stark backstage once again. Yep. As Raquel Rodriguez, Nia Jax comes to mock them all, but Rodriguez challenges her for a fight. Um, maybe next week. 
Ivar versus the Miz. Valhalla is here with Ivar. Um, basically, this basically comes uh, with a bunch of yes kicks at the end, but Ivar counters with counters a super skull crushing finale into a world's strongest slam for two. He loads up for the moonsault, but Bronson Reed, who's also out there, causes a distraction, allowing Mace to grab the roll-up and win the match. So you can see Ivar and Bronson going into something. So is this yeah. becoming a, heel, a face now kind of a deal? I don't know. But I, know. I remember Bronson was a pretty good face down in NXT, so it might be interesting to see how it could translate up here because I don't think you're going to put the Viking Raiders as faces right now. I don't see how you can get no. behind a woman with a bunch of black paint on her head. It's good to see two big guys like Bronson Reed and Ivar going at it. You know, it's nice they to see the big man wrestle. They can both move. It's nice to see how big many, men wrestle in a while. How many big men can you see do a moonsault like that? Both of these guys are flyers. That's not the funny many. part. Yeah, both not many. Yeah, they're athletes. both good athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So because of this show in particular being very backstage heavy, man, you know, the more I talk about, it, the more I realize how backstage heavy the show was. Yeah, it was. Um, we basically get into another shot here. So before this, there was a shot of the Judgment Day all together, uh, you know, just playing down the fact that that Damian Priest had said that he was the leader. And, you know, he said it was the heat of the moment. The conversation of JD comes up. And uh, Rhea says, okay, I got to go do something. And then they're like, they talk about it. And Damien says, you know what? I'll go do it. So this leads to this moment. Damien says, you know, I wasn't really sure about you. You know, I wasn't sure about any of this, but this and that. But you know what? Over time, you've shown us, you know, everything we needed to see. And welcome to the Judgment Day. So JD McDonough is now an official member of your favorite crew, the Judgment Day. The crew from East Vancouver. Catch them in, I, uh, I live in East Vancouver. Bro. bro, I live in East Vancouver. I've been driving downtown Hastings, East Vancouver. Oh, that side of East Town. Oh, yeah, yeah so people down. don't people forget Hastings is a beautiful street. There's that little section, yeah. right? And it's like I've never you seen it. I can East actually before. I will I will do this in the next time I'm in that area, which I am quite often. Uh not the dirty part, obviously, but what I'm saying is I'm gonna go there and there's a legitimate train track. That runs right across Hastings. Mm -hmm. On one side of the street, beautiful sidewalk. And then you look on the other side of the train track, it's literally that's when all the buildings start to break down. No joke, man. Yeah. It's like literally, you know, an episode of The Simpsons where they look that way and it's, you know, sunshine and butterflies, and you look that way and it's all gray clouds and, you know, rotting trees. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take that picture. I'll send it to you. You got to see it. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah, so sounds good. Katie, now an official member of the Judgment Day. Uh, another backstage segment, which is kind of interesting. I want to bring this one up only for the fact that it involves Kaiser and the gang. Yeah. Uh, Imperium. Oh, that's another faction right there. No, um, yeah. Seven. <laughs> Seven. It's okay. crazy. So Imperium's backstage. Gunther's back there with Giovanni and, and Ludwig Kaiser. And, you know, Gunther's like, I'm really proud of you. What you did tonight, you know, really shows me something, blah, blah, blah. And he got Ludwig taking off his tape and saying, yeah, you know, it was a hard fought battle. And Gunther looks and goes, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to him. The guy who usually takes most of the shit, right? Yeah. You know, he's happy with Giovanni's work. And I don't think that Kaiser was very happy about any of that. So that's where no, that didn't seem to be. Well, they're, they're kind of stirring pots in all different directions here, eh? So maybe your wish of all these factions breaking up might happen sooner than not. And, you know, A few factions is good, yeah. but holy cow, this is a ton. Well, there you go, man. 
Tag team titles are on the line. Judgment Day versus Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Straightforward match, back and forth action. Very close moment there where they got the one day Cody cutter, whatever they want to call that, for two. Now, here's my thing. Why would Cody leave the ring from one side, even though he knows that Damien's sitting on the other side? I get it to get the breakup for the count, but man... You could have totally won the titles if you had just gone the other way. But it wasn't meant to be because, remember, none of the guys from either side is allowed to be out at ringside, right? Not supposed to be, no. Not supposed to be. So there's the moment Jey Uso is sitting on the floor trying to get himself back up. They take a shot and who's standing there looking at him? Mr. Drew McIntyre, my friend. Drew yeah. McIntyre looks at him. They look at each other. Not a word is spoken. Claymore kick to the face of Jay Uso. Finn goes back in the ring. One, two, three, small package. Titles retained. No one's hurt in this match in terms of nope. you know power or, or losing or whatever. Last scene that we see is mommy standing on the ramp with Drew McIntyre shaking hands. So it looks like Drew's gonna be a part of that war games as a part of judgment. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. leads us now, who do you think number five is going to be for the other guys? I have a feeling it might be a returning Randy Orton. Thoughts? Maybe. Could be. They got to give him somebody with some name recognition, Ooh. especially if Drew's joining. I don't know. I wonder who it could be. Like, really, I'm kind of lost for words. I'm, I'm looking sure. at rosters. I mean, you got to have someone of some certain caliber. Of star That's what power. I mean. got to have some name. Yeah, I don't know who it could be. Right now, though, and he's ready to come back. He's training at the, you know, um, at, at the at the center. Um, yeah, that'd be a big, you know, a big comeback. Welcome Is back. that the match to come back to, though, man? I mean, we're yeah, talking he doesn't have to do much. Yes. Just punch and kick. Let everybody else do all the work. Be actually the best match for him to come back instead of a singles match. He could do a couple punches, couple kicks, throw RKO. Not take any big spots. But if he's coming back, you know, Randy's going to go all out. Though he's ready to go. Well, I mean, with Ric Flair leaving the company and signing with AEW, he signed a three-year deal, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, good for him. Well, no, good for him, but this is something that Vince doesn't like, right? Vince doesn't like having records that are held in the WWE by guys that are competing for the competitor. Mm -hmm. and I'm talking 16 world titles. Yeah, but Flair's so old, he's not going to wrestle. I don't know if he'll, he'll care about that one. Well, maybe they'll give it to John Cena just to mess with him a bit. Well, that's what the talk is right now. Is it going to be Cena who comes back for 17, or is it going to be Randy who will probably be around for a few more years and you get a bit more out of him? <laughs> I mean, I always said it was going to be one of those two. Well, how many belts has Randy got? He's got 14. He only needs three more. That's a lot. He's in early 40s. He's banged up. Yeah. Bro, he, wins, them, it, he, break he wins it and he can drop it. It could be quick. I mean, it could just be in succession, right? You can get him up to 16 in two months, no problem, if you wanted to. Yeah, in wrestling, you can do anything you want, really. Right? I mean, if they really want to, and I know this is one of Vince's things, he doesn't like his records, especially if you're still active. Yeah, I don't blame him. Right? Don't blame so, him at all. Flair's one of my all-time favorites, and I would tell Vinny and them boys, everybody, break it. Break the record. Do what John Cena, do what Randy Orton. If they're calling... You can't call John Cena the greatest of all time, which I don't think he is, but they're calling him the greatest of all time. He needs a belt record. Let him get the belt. Let him beat Flair's records. And you can really say, hey, he's the greatest of all time. He has the most championship rings. Right now, he doesn't. Well, I guess we won't see Cena at the Survivor Series. He won't be number five. He just had surgery. No. 
and he's got he's got to go back to his film schedule as the strike is over now, right? And I mean, the whole part of the deal was that as long as the strike's on, I can keep going with you. You don't. He doesn't need to wrestle much. He win the belt, do a couple matches, lose it, and, and ride off. You know. Well, I mean, if they put it on the Rock at, at the Royal Rumble and he loses it to Cena at you know WrestleMania that you know same year, I mean that's something like that, right? You put the title, he wins it at Royal Rumble, something like that, and he comes back and he loses it at WrestleMania. Yeah. But I think that would have to be a Seth Rollins thing. So, I mean, it all depends what they're going to do. It really does. Yeah, we'll see. Because no one's touching Roman's title right now. Not until after WrestleMania. That's that's yeah. probably it. Two they've already rounded it so far. They might as well keep it going. People are pissed off. LA and I didn't win, but, you know, you, you got this thing going with Roman. Ride it out now. You're this yeah. far in. Look. There's no way that LA Knight's not going to win if Cody couldn't couldn't get it at WrestleMania when that was probably the best time to get it. Yeah. You know, in terms of what his story was and everything, he was the anointed guy to get that title, right? So, I mean, ultimately, if 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 Cody can't win it, I don't see who any who else could beat him this time around now. So, yeah, I don't know. They got something up their sleeve. It's not sure what. Well, something will happen. Well, I mean, there is talk of WrestleMania again. I mean, but again, I just don't see anyone he faces at Mania is not going to win it. And if they do, I'm I hope I'm wrong. I really truly do. Dude, but we say that all the time, and then look what happened to Undertaker and Lesnar. See, just never know. They always throw a curveball, right? That's what I'm saying, right? So we'll never, never know, brother man. So War Games is shaping up. We got we know the men's War Game match already. Uh, I believe yeah. you know. That that's kind of what we're working with right now. I think we have Gunther versus Miz as well at, at Survivor Series, right? So we got two matches there. Uh, we got Seth. Well, I guess Seth is in the main event there. Um, nothing on Roman defending. I don't know. I don't think he will be defending. On I doubt show. it. Uh, um, same for Royal Rumble or something, right? Something like that. So basically, that's kind of where everything stands right now, man. I think the girls' match will be announced this Friday for 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 war games and so we'll get both those those bookends because those are the bookend matches right yeah um you know whoever it is um and we'll see what the rest of this card fills out but i i'm enjoying it so far man unfortunately i will not be able to watch it in the moment but i'll catch up on it and you know we'll, we'll see what goes down there but I tell you what, man, why don't we wrap this puppy up man i think we've kind of jibber jabbered a bit here yeah, covered uh, it all. top five or anything yeah let's hear your top five most overrated wrestlers of all time top five overrated wrestlers of all time what's the criteria like they got whatever, a, you, whatever you feel is overrated somebody who got more praise that shouldn't somebody whatever you think it is okay um or who it could be yeah well i would have to probably start with the likes of maybe a chris masters uh the okay. only thing i say just the way they brought him in very lex lugerish um, Lex Luger, he's another guy I'm going to put on okay, that. Too. Uh, completely overrated, in my opinion. Um, Chris Masters, Lex Luger, I would have to also say, huh, this is tough, bro. Um, I'm just trying to think back here. Like, are we looking at guys that never won anything or won what, stuff? Whatever you think, guys, that is overrated or whatever definitions could be too much praise, too much height. They got pushed, they shouldn't, whatever, whatever you feel. It's Ken, your Kennedy, Ken Kennedy. Okay. Mr. Kennedy. Um, probably Dominic right now, just for the fact that he's getting a lot more than guys that have put a lot of time in, to okay, be fair. Four. 
Uh, but that being said, I also believe he's improving every day. Uh, and number five for me would have to probably be Finn Balor, just for the fact that he has the potential to do so much. And I just feel like he's not reaching his potential by doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. Fair enough, man. It's like I said, it's your list, whatever you feel the criteria, nobody can really say you're wrong or right. It's your opinion yeah. on it, right? Well, I mean, I, I if I look back at it, I'll probably have a different list. If I think about it and I, you know, wish I could come back in 10 minutes, I'll probably have a completely different list. Yeah, there's a few. There's more than five. I just think right? once, you but know, five on the top, top of my up head, I would have for me, number that. one, by a mile, CM Punk, not even close. Number yeah. two, and I feel this about his music, and I feel this this about the guy, Chris Jericho. I know he won the belts from Austin and Rock. I just think he's overrated personally. We talk him, he's one of the greatest. I'm not saying he's not a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's quite on the pedestal that people put him on. Ken Kennedy, absolutely. I'm not sure what all the hype of that guy was. Does he still wrestle? No. I think he does independent shows and stuff like that once in a while, but for the most part, he's just trying to live off his former glory. Yeah, I he guess you can't blame the guy he's trying to make a buck, right? Well, he's trying to do shoot interviews and this and that and, you know, what have you, right? I mean, but yeah, who else do you have? Those are the three. Um, there's so many guys I'll put up there. I have to go with... It's tough, man. I mean, yeah, Chris Masters. I won't throw Luger in there because I think he had somewhat of an Eastern career, but you are right, he was over right. Chris Masters, number four. And number five, I want to throw in... Because I don't even think he's not even considered an all-time. I don't even think he should even be on TV. I just think he's doesn't look good. He doesn't wrestle good. He has a bad character, and that's Eddie Kingston. Absolutely can't stand the guy. If I, I see him watching, I don't even want to watch his matches. So those are my five: Punk, Kingston, Kennedy, Masters. Yeah, I don't yeah. like that Eddie Kingston guy. I think yeah, I wouldn't even book him for one of our shows. I just don't don't see the appeal of him. That's me though. No, no, I get it. I get it. Um, I didn't even look at AEW. No, I just, yeah, it could be any, it could be anything that we said. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of guys. Another guy that I think that should be on that list. I mean, I don't know if you're going to agree with me or not. Was Kevin Nash? No, I won't give him that because because he's created one of the greatest factions of all time. Well, outside of that, I'm talking just his in ring and stuff, though. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I'm not. I don't necessarily mean like just the best wrestler, but like I mean. He was NWO and that was cool. And so for that, I have to give him that. Was he a great in-ring worker? No, but just because he's part of that, one of the best crews ever. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to wrestle a five-star match. That's for no, sure. No, no, 100%. I mean, the guy, what, bro broke his knee getting into the ring. Yeah. For his squad. <laughs> yeah. Right? So. Yeah. yeah. All the right, Chris Jericho one that I said is controversial. People love Jericho. I just don't, Jericho he's good, but I just don't see him as a top guy. I never have. Here's the thing about Jericho. Yeah, right? listen to him sing. Oh, boy, it's torture. I'm not listening to Fuzzy. I think he was hand. on a reality show where he was like a singing reality show and he was the first guy kicked off. Mm -hmm. And I hate saying that about Jericho because I, I, I don't really listen to his podcast, but he knows a lot about music and a lot about wrestling and he's a smart guy and I, I hate knocking him, but just never thought he was a, a top guy. This is my opinion. No, and hey, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, yeah. One thing I will say about Jericho, he has been able to reinvent himself consistently though to stay relevant to a certain extent that, that yeah, you yeah he stayed relevant absolutely gotta give him that at least all right brother yeah, man let's hard. wrap this puppy up that's it for tuesday afternoon uh guys join us next tuesday for another action-packed wrestling talk oriented podcast i don't know where i was going with that but i'll leave it at that 
My name is Bobby Sampson. His name is Mr. Chance Michaels. In the words of the great ACDC, those that download, like, and subscribe to the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you, absolutely. So everybody, enjoy the rest of your week. Please be safe. Don't rush. Get where you have to go. Be blessed. Snap and chance out.